0: The Boilermakers bounce back in a big way Monday night pounding Iowa 3 days after losing their first game of the season at Northwestern. Our thoughts on Golden Black Radio, Kyle Charters with Brian Dubert, Brian in a moment, but first this. Designing and Building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the Ordinary
1: at the Whitaker Inn.
0: On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Easton Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. 0-2. Zero two. All right, Brian, the Boilermakers strike back and get a big victory against Iowa on Monday night after the first loss of the season <clears throat> in overtime against Northwestern on Friday. You know, Purdue wins that game uh, against the Hawkeyes by 19 points. It could have just as easily been 45. I think Zach Eady, if uh, he and Purdue wanted to, probably could have got him 50 points in that game. The Hawkeyes really just didn't have a whole lot of answers. But I, I did feel like the game was a little bit of an illustration of ways in which Purdue is different and I think potentially then also better than it was a year ago. It didn't have trouble with the Iowa press, though Purdue did turn the ball over a couple of times uh, and was able to, you know, score in a variety of different ways against the Hawkeyes. Certainly that was uh, a big to see and big to see Purdue bounce back like that.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, um, Purdue came out really sharp. Uh, I think that if this were the college football playoff and your margin of victory mattered, I think they probably could have won this by, you know, 50 points. Uh, they're up, I think, by as many as 36 in the second half. Does that sound right? Yeah, 35, 36 and win there. Yeah. How many Big Ten games do you lead by 35 points in the second half? It, it, it's not just many. not something you see every day. No. And, I think part of that is, you know, Purdue's really good offensively, Iowa's, Iowa on defense. And, um, but the biggest thing I think you wanted to see after Northwestern was you wanted to see Purdue, you know, A, be sharp, B, give a great effort, and then C, or, you know, if there's one A, one B, one C, take care of the basketball, because that is the single biggest existential threat to their success this season, as is, been clearly reflected here with the way they were trending in Hawaii, and then obviously what happened at Northwestern. The singular reason they lost that game was because of the 17 possessions they turned over. Yeah. Um, the 20 points Northwestern got off of them. Uh, you know, it, as much as Purdue wasn't perfect on defense by any stretch of the imagination, uh, and they weren't as bad going back and watching the game as it felt like they were live. It's just those turnovers, man. If you know. These 17 turnovers, that's probably twenty two points or something like that that you, you deprived yourself. And then that's 20 points Northwestern got off of it as well. I mean, I don't think I have to tell people the value of possessions, but especially for Purdue when they're as 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 efficient as they are with, you know, as highly efficient as Zach Eady is, as well as they're shooting threes. Even though they didn't necessarily uh, at Northwestern as much as they can get to the foul line, even though they didn't necessarily cash that in uh, against Northwestern the way they would prefer, uh, it's just they've just got to take care of the basketball. They did a great job against Iowa. They I, I don't think they turned the ball over against any backcourt pressure. Yeah. Um, if I'm forgetting something, remind me. But uh, they had eight turnovers. One of them was Wilberg in the final minutes. So I, I don't think that really is relevant um a few of them were early uh and then purdue just kind of kind of got its head screwed on straight and just took off from there and uh i think everybody played well I, I i don't think there was anybody where you're like okay this guy didn't show up or you know that guy didn't show up and it was just it was exactly what you wanted to see and um you know i i didn't really view purdue a whole lot differently after northwestern than before uh, i think it was pretty evident before that game that the turnovers were going to be a problem Um, that Purdue had to be on top of every single game out and it just manifested itself at Northwestern. And, you know, as I said, before the game, before the Iowa game, Hey, if that's their scared straight moment, it might be worth it in the long run.
0: Yeah. I think the turnovers were three in the first five minutes of the game on Monday night. And then, as you said, just basically four for the rest of the game aside from the one late on Berg. I mean, if you can go the crux of the game, you know, the 35 minute mark or the, excuse me, the, the, the 15 minute mark of the first half through a majority of the second half with really just, uh you know, four turnovers probably done a pretty good job.
1: Um Yeah. But think too about, uh sorry to interrupt you, but um think too about the context, like a lot of that second half, you're up 30, you can tend to get casual. You can turn the ball over. We've all seen, multiple times now what Iowa is capable of doing when iowa is down a thousand points in (laughs) terms of forcing turnovers and that's when purdue was completely clean as you said before i think three of them were in the first five minutes there was the entry that lance jones airmailed um and i can't remember what the other two were but they went the stretch of the game where you're probably most at risk to turn the ball over without turning the ball over and i think that that was, uh, you know, that was pretty significant. And that's the reason why Purdue was able to push that lead way out. Yeah,
0: you know, the, the game on Monday night too did illustrate Purdue's. And I, I know, you know, Matt Painter in the post game said we've always been willing to to run. Maybe they're a willing now to do it, but also equipped to do it uh, better than than they have been. At least better than they were last year. But Purdue took what was there, uh, too, uh, against Iowa. And, and unfortunately for the Hawkeyes, uh, they leave a lot there at times uh, <laughs> defensively. Uh, but Purdue was willing to take it. And that, that, I think that's good to see that, uh, you know, Purdue is willing. Uh, you know, if Painter says they've been willing to do it, that's fine. Maybe they're willing and equipped to do it. Uh, and they, they certainly took advantage of all those opportunities against the Hawkeyes.
1: Yeah, you know, I bag on Iowa a lot for its defense, but I should draw a line in the sand there. It's their half-court defense that's just that just sucks. It has for years. <laughs> their their full-court defense, their back-court trapping, their their kind of three-quarter court trap. they you know, um, they're you know, backcourt zones, things like that. They can be pretty problematic about that stuff, especially when they really have a sense of urgency about them. But Purdue has been you know, damn near flawless against that stuff this season. And I think that's that's in part Braden Smith. That's in part having secondary ball handlers who are experienced like Ethan Morton and, and Fletcher Lawyer. It, it, it's in part due to, to Braden Smith's market improvement. Um, but it also has a lot to do with Lance Jones. Just having that secondary ball handler, having that secondary point guard capable player with his burst, yeah. with his speed, with his athleticism, somebody who can just accelerate past people that's really important and that's not something Purdue's had a lot of the last couple of years and uh, just kind of his ability to get from one end to the other and uh, you know, things like that, but also Purdue's just, they're just a better offensive basketball team this year too. They, they just, they are more aggressive and you know, it, it hasn't just been about, you know, getting past the, past the trapping and stuff. It's, it's been about making it pay. And, yeah. You know, I don't know how many, I haven't gone back and watched the game yet, but I'll try to tally up points they got off of Iowa's, um, off of Iowa's backcourt pressure. It was a lot. yeah. And when you look at the way this game played out, if you just took like offensive rebounding and press break, you might've scored enough points off of that stuff to win this game. And, uh, um, but the press break or the pressure break, whatever you want to call it, it's not always, you know, press per se, but was just flawless and um, really productive in Purdue's favor.
0: Yeah, it was really good. I mean, they, they moved the ball and, and beat the press, and he felt like they did it with relative ease, which which is just, yeah. you know, nice to see from what we saw at times uh, with different personnel, a slightly different personnel. Lance Jones does make a big difference. Uh, but, man, they just broke it with ease at times and, and did it without the dribble at times, too, which was great. I mean, did it with the pass, uh, yeah. get the ball up in the hurry. And and if you do that in attack, you can you can create even with the big guy out there, you can create some advantageous opportunities for yourself offensively.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious to know, too, a little bit, you know, produce pension for for kind of tacking fouls on people and getting to the bonus pretty quick. I wonder what that does with backcourt defense. I wonder if they have to ease off a little bit when they know that the fouls are piling up or not. Um, I just kind of thought about that. But, no, yeah, Purdue's been um, pretty smart offensively. They've been pretty dynamic offensively. They've shown they can beat you a lot of different ways. And, you know, playing in the open floor, playing in transition is absolutely positively one of those ways. This is as complete a Purdue team as I think I've seen. In what ways do you think Purdue is playing better uh, defensively
0: than it was last year. I mean, it seems that Zach Gede is playing even better than he did a year ago defensively. And he was pretty good a year ago. I mean, he, you know, he, he gets caught in some switches at times, but he is, you know, he's, he's so big and and has the ability to move a little bit that even he can, at least in the short term, you know, keep a guard in front of him for a moment until Purdue can sort of figure its way back out of that again. But, you know, that's to me. That feels like one of the ways in which Purdue has been better defensively this year.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're switching at the five as much as they are. He's just getting dangled out there periodically in ball screen defense, and they're getting them isolated. But he, he's certainly hanging in there. He is. He looks to me like he's playing um, a little bit like a guy. I don't necessarily mean this as 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 a criticism, but I think he's he's defending a little bit more to block shots and to not foul. I think that's part of his evolution in that drop defense. You know, kind of things like that. Um, but I think Purdue is just, they're a better defensive team in large part because of Lance Jones. You yeah. know, Purdue would have won at Northwestern had Lance Jones not fouled out at the end. I'm convinced um, that that was a huge deal uh, and a pretty, a pretty rough call to be on the wrong end of. Um, but I think he makes them a, a better defensive team. I think everybody's just collective experience makes them a better defensive team. Have they always played as well as they should? No, they they, they were awful against Marquette. Won that game anyway. Um, obviously struggled one on one against Boo Booey against Northwestern. Part of that was losing Lance Jones there at the end, but um, there's still going to be that 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 dynamic guard uh, periodically that they're going to have to they're going to have to deal with. Um, but that all comes back to to if Purdue doesn't turn the ball over 17 times at Northwestern, <laughs> Boo Booey doesn't matter um, because you would not have have helped them score 20 points with your own offensive mistakes. You would not have, ha, have denied yourself. Um, I think anything other than the turnovers at Northwestern is a red herring. Uh, you know, Purdue wasn't great defensively, but that was way smaller a part of the story than the turnovers were. That was the story of that game. And uh, I think that's, you know, not the parrot Matt Painter here, but that's, that's Purdue's biggest offensive concern, and its biggest defensive concern right now is the turnovers.
0: I know there's been some talk, like nationally, whether there's a style in which that beats Purdue. Right, that the Northwestern do something in particular to beat Purdue. I, I tend to agree that that you know it's the turnovers. Hit a couple of shots, don't turn it over. I mean, you take five turnovers away, that's that's what seven points. Yeah, uh, and you know <laughs> then you've you've won the game. Is there anything to a style that Purdue – I mean, we know some of that, right? A, a lead guard who has some quickness is going to give Purdue some some issues. Um,
1: yeah. You know, what what, what what do you see there? We should also – I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here talking about Purdue turning the ball over at Northwestern. Like, it's solely a Purdue issue. Northwestern did a really good job trapping the post and creating a lot of problems for Purdue, switching up what they were doing, you know, things like that. If you just get turnover prone in the paint, Um, I think that's something people are always going to be trying to do to Purdue and when it works, that's going to be a problem when Purdue inevitably has dry spells from three um, that's going to be an issue for Purdue. When the two things happen at once, that it's a real problem um, as they did at Northwestern. And then, you know, you still have your, the reality that as good as your sophomore guards are, they're still sophomore guards. And, you know, as aggressive as you want Braden Smith to be as empowered as you want him to be. And as good as he is, you still have to ride the lightning sometimes with him and understand that he is still a, a human being and be a young human being. Mm -hmm. And um, you're asking him to play a leading role for this team or a co-leading role for this team. When last year you were basically asking him to fit in and, you know, kind of play his part and, He's going to make mistakes. That's just the nature of of being a college basketball player, a young person, a point guard especially. And I think kind of those three things I mentioned, when any two of those three things happen, let alone all three of those things, I think that, um, you know, there's going to be some vulnerability there. When you have somebody on the other side, particularly a guard who is – is is able to isolate people and really make plays and, uh, you know, things like that. That's one more thing where Purdue might be a little bit uh, vulnerable, but who isn't? I mean, we're listing things here that, you know, (laughs) most of the teams in the country be like, man, it would be awesome if that was the least, our worst problem. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that's, I do think it's, it's appropriate when a team is as good as Purdue to look at their, flaws as much as their strengths because their strengths are you know pretty apparent and their their uh their weaknesses might be lying in wait. Braden Smith is also an angry elf uh which is funny. Uh I think it's pretty impressive that that they got him to do that because yeah. he doesn't strike me as the guy who the sort of guy who would be too eager to make fun of himself. Right. Um but uh you good. know if anybody if anybody else called him short he'd take it personal and <laughs> probably 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 punched him in the chest but um that was pretty uh that was pretty good was pretty funny though i wonder whose kid it was who ran across the table yeah, i don't know <laughs> I haven't found that out yet starring role it certainly yeah. wasn't Tyrion lannister <laughs>
0: yeah uh I thought that maybe Painter would take the opportunity to switch his starting lineup before the Iowa game and, and get Trey Kaufman out of the starting lineup and go back to Mason Gillis. Did you Because, no, no. because I like Gillis as, as sort of that off, you know, weak side three-point shooter in that lineup. And also because then you can make sure that you get Kaufman-Wren uh, a, a star turn in the first half as – as the centerpiece to the offense. Were you surprised that they did not make that change?
1: No, no. Uh, after every game, we have a thread on our message boards. Time to change yeah. the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, It's not it's not going to happen unless this team bottoms out, absolutely bottoms out. And, you know, Purdue lost one game. Um, they were number one in the country at the time that game tipped off. Uh, you know, Trey Kaufman-Ren's been playing pretty well. Uh, it wasn't yeah. a great matchup for him at Northwestern, but he's been doing a lot of good things you know, the Zach Eadie and Trey Kaufman ran together thing is, has been starting to click a little bit. There have been some bright spot moments. Northwestern wasn't one of them, but you are committed to that. You are trying to make it work. You are trying to be the best basketball team you can be. You're trying to get your, what you perceive to be your best basketball players out there together. And, um, you don't just bail on it at, uh, the first sign of trouble. And, um, I think Mason Gillis has an enormous role on this team still. I think Caleb First has an enormous role on this team. Um, But I think they're pretty committed to making that work to get what they think are their five best guys on the floor. And I'm not going to – I haven't seen a whole lot to make me question who their five best guys are in that regard. Yeah.
0: I wasn't suggesting Kaufman, Wren go to the bench as some sort of demotion more than just seeing whether –
1: well so the complication there changes. Go ahead. The complication there to me is that when Edie's out of the game, I feel like you kind of need Kaufman Wren out there as sort of your centerpiece offensively. Yeah. Um so he might have to stagger that rotation a little bit, get Kaufman Wren out a little sooner so he can go back in quicker. Uh, right. I, I I haven't really crunched the substitution patterns enough to see how closely he's doing that, but I think they've had a little bit of an issue, uh, that's getting better, uh, in terms of creating offense when, you know, Braden Smith and Zach Eady and Fletcher lawyer are all off the floor together, which I think they probably need to stay out of those situations the best they can, but it's going to happen. Uh, and I, I think when those guys are out, you know, Trey Kaufman is, is more of a destination player than he's a complimentary player. And, um, yeah. I think it's important to have him out there. It's important for Miles Colvin. I I, I thought Miles Colvin had a chance yesterday to just kind of go out there and play. And uh, if he can establish himself at some point this season as a guy who can just go out there and get buckets for you when your starters are out, your best offensive players are out. Hey, great. Perhaps that's that's his niche on the team. And um, you know, for the time being, obviously obviously much more in the future. But I think Purdue needs to find second team offense in addition to first team offense, but, um, uh, I, I, I wouldn't spin any wholesale changes anytime soon.
0: I was glad to see miles go to the basket. It felt like the last, you know, six or seven shots he had taken were three pointers, which is a good three point shooter, but uh, yeah, you know that he has the ability to, to get to the rim too. And I thought that yeah. that sort of got him into the flow a little bit better when he, he had those couple of takes, uh, toward the basket, which yeah. got him going a little bit.
1: Well, on the dunk, uh, if you go back and watch the play, I'm fairly certain Iowa asked him to, <laughs> he, he just, the, the guy who was supposed to be closing out on, him, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever you want. It's, it's what I'm talking about is once they get into half court defense, they're just not interested. Uh, I'm I'm not taking away from miles called making the right decision there and going to the basket. He certainly did when the majority of his shots lately have been threes, but, um, I just think there was no resistance put up whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I I just think if you can get him in a little bit of an offensive groove, his shot's not been falling lately. But uh, if you can just get him to a point where maybe you can bring him in in that, at that second media timeout instead of that last media timeout when perhaps you know Fletcher Lawyer, or Braden Smith, or Zach Eady or any combination thereof are on the bench and he can come in and maybe make a a shot or two most nights that can kind of get you through some of your uh, complications from a substitution's perspective.
0: I thought your tweet was great, and it's funny because it's true uh, about Iowa's athletic program. Is there any athletic program in the country anywhere where one of its major programs leans so heavily on defense and the other one does
1: not? (laughs) Yeah, you know, part of it is – kind of think the way college teams play often reflects their state's culture and what do they do in Iowa they they wrestle so yeah. they're that they're, they're and they grow up on farms so you've got offensive linemen everywhere and they shoot jump shots and so you've got <laughs> you've got um you've got jump shooters everywhere and yeah. uh, you know that that's that might be part of it. But um no, it it's it's uh you have a great offensive coach in Fran McCaffrey. What he does offensively is just it doesn't matter who they have. They're they're just so good offensively. Yeah. They're so fun to watch in their motion, you know, things like that. And then you have you you have Kirk France who plays for safeties.
0: <laughs> but wins somehow, at least at least right now, we'll see. Uh, we'll see when the Big Ten becomes 18 teams, and they add some speed from the West. Uh, but that's a that's a topic for another day. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it.
1: No problem. See you.
0: At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship—a relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Chargers. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio.